Hey everybody, welcome to the Jason Staten Leadership Solutions. And I'm excited to have with us today, this is Raising the Bar. And uh, so excited to have with me, uh, Ken and Chris Dillingham, the Dillingham Group. Uh, they also have a podcast out there, the Mobilized Church Podcast. And you'll hear a little bit more about that as the call goes on today. Uh, for those of you that are a part of the Raising the Bar community, uh, this coming Saturday, uh, we're going to have a call with them, and uh, you'll get all the information on that call. They're going to be just throwing some great content at you. You'll have an opportunity to get on the call with them. Uh, so if you're not a part of Raising the, uh, Raising the Bar group, we want to encourage you to, to join that. Every month we have great experts that are coming on. But today, as I said, I'm honored to have uh, these great guys on this call with me. They are both friends of mine and just incredible leaders, uh, great preachers, great pastors, and just great friends. And so as we get ready to start, I just um, I want to ask them a couple of questions today, kind of lead it off and then let them kind of run with it. So the first question that I want to kind of address you all with is, you know, within the context of mobilized church. So I, I know a big part of what you guys do, obviously the name shares that, you know, you want to, we want churches to reach beyond our buildings. We want churches that are uh, organic is maybe a word that has been overused perhaps, but I think the concept is, is what we're looking for. We want people that are living out their faith. And so within that context, I want to just kind of throw it out there as an overall big context question. How important do you guys believe leadership development is in the growth of the modern church? Awesome, man. Go for it. Buddy. All right. So first of all, man, we're, we're excited to be on here with you, the great leader, Jason Staten, and uh, one of our best friends. And so appreciate what you're doing for the kingdom and, and leadership. It's awesome stuff. So, uh, yeah, obviously, I mean, we know this, right? Leadership impacts and affects every area. And sometimes sometimes we get so hyper-focused, I think, on, on higher level leadership. Mm -hmm. But the reality is we're all leading people someplace, right? Good. The question is not if we're leading. The question is where we're leading. Good. And so as it pertains to like our particular passion, uh, which we believe is is the passion of kingdom, which is is reaching our world as leaders, we have a responsibility to to understand the, the values, the core values of the kingdom of God. And as those values become a part of our you know, our DNA, it's, it's just, it just becomes a part of us. It's in us. Then we, then we have a responsibility. We understand that responsibility to, to begin to lead people in that path. Right. Yeah. So, so what did Jesus say? The, the great commission, yeah. the great yeah. commission of Jesus, the great call that he gave to people was you go and make disciples. Good. What was he saying? What he was saying was you have a responsibility not just to be the beneficiary and recipient of all the blessings and the salvation, the good things I've done in your life. You have a biblical duty and responsibility to lead somebody else down this road of personal growth and development in their walk and relationship with God. If that's not leadership, I don't, I don't know what is right. Yeah. And so it, at the individual level, accepting and acknowledging that personal responsibility of leading others and then as we grow in that process and whatever our giftings, whatever talents and abilities are, then we, we start having an ability to affect culture, to affect, you know, the church at large, the community at large. Uh, obviously, 
our first responsibility is our families, leading our families in that capacity. Yeah. And so that's such a critical piece in that. That's awesome. I, hey, I really appreciate the work you're doing with leadership. And I know we're probably, uh, we're probably going to hit on resources here in a little bit, but um, I've, I've recently been reading uh, Dave Ferguson's book called Hero Maker. And he said, you know, there's, 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 there are those that are heroes, but a hero culture will only last as long as the hero is the leader. But heroes who are hero makers, you can either be a hero or you can be a hero maker. And if you're going to have any kind of, and I, I think perpetuation is a part, right? If you're going to have any kind of perpetuation, you've got to be making leaders. But I think also the, the, the width. So we're talking about endurance, yeah. right? The endurance of the movement that you've got, the, the church or whatever is, is, is situated on being a hero maker, which is a leader developer. But I also think the scope the width mm-hmm. of effectiveness is going to be in your ability to develop leaders because churches with a myopic leadership style very rarely reach a wide swath of people. So yeah. I think I think he, I think leadership development is important in this context that it's both it's both for the for the enduring length of time. Uh, of that organization, that church, or whatever, but it's also for how how far, how wide can we be effective as well? Absolutely. Not just how long, how wide. Good. Absolutely. And that leadership. So you, you mentioned you said like you know as far as mobilization and all of that. You know, a lot of that is about leaders, leaders that multiply leaders that make other leaders. What you're talking about with being hero makers. What that is doing is establishes culture. Yeah. And culture is such a critical piece in leadership. Was it Drucker who said, you know, yeah. uh, culture eats programs for breakfast? You know, that 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 mentality, that mindset. So many times we try to put in leadership principles, but but the reality is if we if we can develop our leadership and then pour into other people, develop their leadership, who then pour into other people to, to develop their leadership, they create. So in our context, the church culture, yeah. the, the culture of the kingdom of Jesus, which is critical to reach in our world. Yeah. So good. Um, yeah. I, going back to the hero, uh, the hero maker con and the, the comments kind of made there. Uh, there's a, a book that I've recently been reading. Uh, it's more, of, um, I guess, a marketing book by Donald Miller and um, yeah, uh, story brand, I think is the name of the book. And he talks about, you know, if you're going to be a good in marketing, which I think a lot of marketing in the coach in, in, in the business world, evangelism and reaching your community in the church world. But he said this, people don't want a hero. They want somebody that will come to help make them a hero. Right. They don't want, you know, if you're going to market somebody, they don't want you to be the hero. They want you to you're the guide. You're the the uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, I think, is the word he you know, the, the reference. He, they want the person that's coming in helping them to overcome you know not them sitting back and watching you overcome so I, yeah and it, it, to me that's what a true leader is is you're not just going and say hey everybody watch how awesome i can be you're helping other people grow and overcome and and conquer man i love that bro and i i i'll just share just kind of a personal experience like one there was a season of my life where 
you know, I was looking for direction of what God was trying to do in my life. Uh, you know, I had worked in the corporate world, worked in management for Fortune 500 company, but that wasn't my passion. It was ministry and whatever. And as I was on that journey, one of the things that goes along with what you're saying, one of the things that I kept running into was I found very few people who were interested in what God was trying to do in me. He, they more that they were more trying to figure out how I could help what God was doing for them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, I think that, I think that is so huge. I think a true hero maker, a true leader is looking for opportunities yeah. to say, not how you can bless me or what you can do for my kingdom or for my growth, but what is God doing in you that fulfills your God given purpose and destiny is such a huge piece of that. Wow. And, and hey, we're part of a culture right now where it's easy to, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to malign, uh, you know, this generation, right? Gen Z and whatever. And the, but if there's one thing we know, it is they want to make a difference. Yeah, absolutely. They want to know that their life is on mission. Yeah. And so, so here's, so here's the thing. If, if you're, if, if, not you, I know you're, <laughs> whoever may be listening to this podcast, if, if your style is come in and assist me in doing great things, cheerleaders, you know, whatever, and help were needed, then you're going to miss the ability from talking about mobilized church and missional, you're going to miss the ability to leverage that innate desire in millennials and Gen Z yeah. to have a life that makes a difference and matters. And if you're, if you're a leader, a, a leader who makes leaders or a hero maker leader, I think what, what's going to happen is, is you're actually going to unleash yeah. a generation of missionaries wow. where they live, work and play. I'm not talking about African or Asian missionaries. I'm talking about workplace missionaries. And again, yeah. Again, not just how long will your, your organization endure, but, but how wide will yeah. it reach? Wow. Yeah, I, I think the um, motives reveal themselves. And when people, I, don't, you know, I think more, like you said, with the, the generations now who really want to make a difference, if they find out your motive is just how much you can help them, they're, they're not going to give what they could give. Their, their real strengths aren't going to be realized. But when they know that you are there to help them, you know, develop and realize their potential, not only are they going to become better, but they're going to want to pour back into you even more. And it's just a, all around the, the thing just begins to take on exponential growth. 100%. And we've, we've tried to create that culture. You know, I've got some leaders that, that, came from the outside and came to Toledo. And one of the things, one of the, one of the reasons uh, we have a friend that actually jokes because this leader came to our church instead of his church. And, and the reason why not, I'm not saying this is not a slight against him, but one of the reasons he was drawn to us was because we said, listen, yeah. you're not here to stay because your vision, your dream is to go and do something different in the kingdom. And in this case is a church plant. So what yeah. we want you to do is we want you to come. We want to cultivate that dream. We want to pour into that dream. We want young leaders to have the ability to have big dreams as ridiculous as they may sound as crazy as they might sound. 
come and dream big, yeah. have, have big dreams and big goals, but let us help cultivate and shape and mold. Take the places where you're strong and build those up. Take the places where you're weak and identify those. So you're aware of them and, yeah. and grow in those areas, but ultimately, so you can be released to go fulfill your destiny. And what, what we've found is, you know, what, what's ended up happening is it's actually created a deeper sense of loyalty mm. because they know yeah. we genuinely care about them and what God is doing in them. And so that becomes reciprocated back to us. Yeah. Like, man, I want to, you know, I want to be a part of this. And when, the, and, you know, my brother uses the term about like church, you know, people come to the, the our gatherings so we can like a slingshot slingshot them back out into the world. Yeah. And so when we slingshot these leaders out, it's not lost to us. It's not, it's not hurting our no. kingdom or whatever. It's just an extension of our kingdom of what God is doing, the kingdom of God. I love it. I'll, and I'll just kind of, and I, you know, I won't keep you guys here a lot. I know you're at a conference right now, I think speaking, right? Um, yeah. So I won't keep you much longer, but you know, James Wilson was our worship pastor and he right. released an album and all of a sudden it was right. evident to me that his purpose was bigger than our local church, at least for that season. And so he began to evangelize. Well, I knew, you know, I knew opportunities were going to come. I didn't put him under any contract. We didn't have any idea what the future was, but I started promoting him and fine. And obviously it didn't take long until everybody else found out what I already knew. And now, you know, he's very solidly booked. Well, fast forward, his wife, he just got married. His wife's getting ready to graduate from college and he's moving. He's going to be moving back here at the end of the year. Well, I didn't have to put him under contract to make sure he would come back here. He's turned down multiple opportunities sure. that I would have supported him. If he took, they're going to pay him more than I could pay him. But because I was willing to say, James, your purpose is bigger than this church. Go now. I don't need a contract. He's loyal. He wants to be here. And anyway, that's just the fruit of what exactly what you're talking about. So good, man. And that applies to that's any so good. context. That's not just church context. If you're a business leader, yeah. And you make that your mission. When I worked in the corporate world. My first leader was a, a, like a, a very driven, kind of a hard manager. Yeah. But over time, he grew and developed. Well, that's kind of my style in, in corporate management. But my second leader was a person who believed in people, cared about people, loved people. And it just awakened me. You know, obviously, I knew that from the ministry side, but in the business side, and I started pouring into people and the, the difference, the dynamic totally changed that the office culture totally changed when that. So this is not just church culture. This is any leadership place, any place where you're a leader, it applies. The same thing applies. Yeah, definitely. So let me, let me kind of dig into maybe uh, level down a little bit. So I'm, some of these questions I, I know I've kind of pre-prepared, so I'm going to try just, I know we've probably touched on, so if we did just breeze through it, maybe add a nugget or two, but if we kind of broke that bigger context down of how important leadership is, developing leaders is to an organization or to the, I love the way you put it, Ken, the, the scope, the, the width, you know, not just the, uh, the, how'd you say it, the width, but also the scope, I think is how you yeah, put it. Right, right. Um, with that being said, um, is it fair to say that leaders that are not continuing to develop themselves, first and foremost, if I'm not developing myself, does that create a log jam? 
evangelically with the church, the growth of the church. And I guess, again, that could also and should, I think, relate to the, corp the corporate culture as well. If I'm not developing myself, does that create a log jam? Yeah. Well, and, I, and I'll try to keep my, my answers bite-sized, but, I, you know, I think that what happens is, is that it's hard to be, a, it's, it's, it's hard to be a hero maker if you haven't, if you haven't become comfortable in your own skin, if you haven't developed yourself and know who you are and, and what your strengths are, that you understand that whatever it is that you are doing is bigger than you, whatever it is, sure. right? Then, then, so A, I think it creates a log jam in the sense that you won't be willing to do it, yeah. right? Personal leadership development, you won't be able, you won't be able to do it because you personally can't, you just can't bring yourself to making, lifting others up and making them like, I, like I know leaders, I know there are some leaders that couldn't even imagine somebody actually becoming more influential than them. Yes. But best leaders that I know are people who say, I want the people that I'm leading to go farther, faster than I did. And for the good of whatever, the good of the business, good of the, you know, in our context, the church. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, and, and then I think that it also creates that law jam in the sense that you've got people who are, are able to do different things. Yeah. Right. So we talk about that scope, you know, we, we always think of, you know, we always think of missional overflow, like church planning. We think so mobilized church, right? We think of old missional overflow church planning. That's a geographic thing. What city are we going to next? But here's the deal. There are people groups inside your city that remain unreached. And so the missional overflow is hmm. not just ge geographic, but it's also demographic. That's good. So it, so, so it stunts potential, not just in, you know, the missional overflow being what city are we going to, but what are the people we're not reaching today that somebody else may reach? Sure. If we develop leaders and that, that, that have different perspectives and life situations and different oikoses and those kinds of things. So good. yeah, one of the things we always say is before you can make a disciple, you first have to be the disciple and the disciples of person who allows Jesus to change what they care about. So you can't, you can't lead somebody yeah. if you're not in that process of being conformed into the image of Jesus every day until yeah. Jesus comes. You, we have to be conformed into that image. And so what happens is if you don't do that, we were actually just in a meeting with denominational yeah. leaders. Yeah. And one of the statements that was made was over the course of the last, you know, last several years, I'll just say it that way, last several years has been kind of this pulling away of ego when it comes to ministry, Yeah. right? Pull, pulling away of this ego. And I was, I was thinking as they were talking, where does that come from? Well, when you, when you focus on this discipleship piece where I have a responsibility to grow, I, I need to grow and become more like Jesus. Now, all of a sudden, the things that used to be important, fame, church growth, church numbers, success. Now, all of a sudden, those things are less important. Yeah. What's most important is, does the kingdom of God get advanced? Does the, is the church moved forward? 
Like you said, is there another leader that comes and can be more effective in certain ways? That's more important than just me fulfilling my egotistical desires and goals. So that creates that log jam. When it's driven by ego, it becomes that one person and it's capped with you. But when you, when you pour, when you become the disciple and you pour into others, you unleash the power Mm. of places where they're strong and you're weak. That's places good. where you could never do it, but they're able to do it. That's so critical. Mm, that's so, and I was, as you're saying that, uh, both Chris and Ken, as you're, the input you just gave, I'm thinking about also another area is just ideas. When we're filled with ego, it has to be our idea. And mm-hmm. maybe, maybe sometimes because we want to be a good leader, we open the door for people to share their ideas. But at the end of the day, our ideas win. But how, how one dimensional is our church? Like, for example, right now, if, I think there's such an opportunity in the digital world for us to reach people, but I don't think in that world. So I've got to have people that don't think like I do to 100%. help me. You know what I'm, and, and I think what you're talking about as I grow myself, it opens the, the room for more ideas to come. And the more ideas we get, the bigger our reach is going to be. That's so good. Absolutely. Hey, we were coming down here. <clears throat> we were coming down and we're in Nashville right now. We were coming down here. And traffic is flowing 75 miles an hour, you know, whatever. And all of a sudden it's just like, and there was a wreck and it was all going to one lane. What was flowing really fast and well, when there were multiple lanes, all got down to about 10 miles an hour when it all had to funnel through one lane. Yeah. So good. (laughs) Such a great illustration, simple and great illustration, because that's so true. When it all has to flow through me, if it doesn't come out of my chimney, it's not smoke. Come on. You got to create a yes culture, right? We have to have a yes culture. I mean, it's in the Hero Maker book, right? He says, just create a yes. He said, we decided that if it wasn't unbiblical and it, and it wasn't, it it wasn't, you know. Yeah. Violation of Christian values. Violation of Christian values or whatever then we just decided if somebody came with a good idea, we're just going to create a yes culture and yes, meant. I mean, we'll say yes first and then figure out how to modify it to make it, you know, to make it work best, you know, and I know some people might look at that and go, I never, I would never do that. But I mean, do you want multiple lanes? I mean, like you're saying you, you, if you don't think in that digital realm, and you want to reach somebody in the digital culture or, you know, through that means or mechanism, then you got to create a little bit of latitude for that leader to kind of run it the way it needs to be run. Because you've already admitted, I'm, I'm not an expert in that area. Yeah. Just be, just be accountable yes. and report back. Let's have some clear scope and parameters. And within that context, run with it and reach the world. So good. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of skip to my, because I think some of the other questions we had maybe looked at, we've already addressed, but for you guys, because again, each of you all, so the people I have on these calls, I've determined them to be experts. Now, since it's my show, I get to determine what an expert is. And here's my definition of an expert. That's a very low bar for us. Apparently. <laughs> no, the name of my program is Raising the Bar. So you guys are, the, the bar is being raised. Uh, so Two things, they're developing themselves and they're developing others. That's it. As, as long as they're doing those two things, I consider them an expert. And both of you all fit that bill. Uh, and, and not just in my opinion, you guys are known around our movement for being people that are 
growing yourselves and you're growing others. So I just want to ask you, because the audience is going to be watching this, I want them to, I want them to learn um, how they can flow in the same, get in the same lane you guys are moving in. What would you all have say, say would be some of the greatest resources to you continuing to develop yourselves, whether that be books or, you know, mentors, what, what would you say the resources that have been key to your continued development? Oh man. Uh, yeah. I know what you're going to say. Mm-hmm. What am I going to say? <laughs> he, he's going, he's going to say, and he's right that the greatest resource we had on this journey was each other. <laughs> That's good. It's honest. I love God, it. Man. No, I there, love there, it. There's no way on God's green earth. I know it sounds crazy, but, but, the, but partnership, teaming up cohorts, peer, peer. Yes, absolutely. You can get all the information in the world, but if you don't have partnership, when you get in, when you get into a, a, a moment where, you know, you're, you're doing all of the right principles, you're doing it exactly right. All the right principles and it's not working. You, you have to have somebody that you're connected with that can be that encouragement that can be an outside voice to challenge you in certain areas true, where you true. need challenged. Um, and, and, and commiserate together just a little bit like, man, I know I'm struggling, let's, but we're going to do this together. I, that, that part is huge. I'm a huge believer in, you know, when I, when I went to Toledo, one of the very first things that I did was brought in a few, a few young men that just said, I feel like I want to do something Mm -hmm. that kind of started growing out. We started with three that started kind of branching out. And then, and then we kind of did a uh, thing through the organization called Launcher Ministry, we did some of that with some of the younger students or whatever. And today we have 36 wow. in our, we call it Timothy and Lydia group, and young men, young women who feel some kind of something, some kind of call to do something in the kingdom. And it's all about two things, mentorship, pouring in, developing, leading by example, being around them, uh, and then, and then the second part is that peer-to-peer connection yeah. being, you know, going through this, they're in the same place as each other. So they can talk about their struggles and about their challenges and their difficulties. I think that's, I think that part is huge. Yeah. And I know, I know I'd, I'd add a third layer and that is <clears throat> them perpetuating. Yes. To the next generation. To the next generation. Everybody needs a mentor. So in a church, a pastor, but everybody needs a mentor, a peer and a, and a protege. That's so good. So, so we'll just say, we'll say, cause we're talking a church context, right? Everybody needs a pastor, a peer and a protege. That's good. hundred percent. little alliteration for you there. Yeah. By the way, do, do people commiserate at Comiskey Park? <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> not this year. They don't. They're doing no. good. They're doing good this year. It's having a Wrigley Field. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love it. Hey, I got to get at the, the the SARS. I'm like, hold on, what are we talking about? Now? <laughs> <Whatever>. <laughs> well, to me, I think the one of the great. So when I joined the John Maxwell team, and this isn't me making a plug, but I'm just saying about a year ago, I joined. And one of the things I got introduced to was a concept of masterminds, which is kind of they they present it as a business model, a way to grow your business. But really what it is, is getting together with a group of other people that are looking at a, a a common idea or topic and you're getting you're sharing and getting input from one another. So right now I'm in two different um, masterminds. And honestly, I wish I'd known about this 30 years ago or 20 years ago, even uh, 10 years ago, even because I'm sitting in the room with four other guys. And, and here's my, when I'm in a room 
uh, with in these, my goal is I want to find four people that are smarter than me. Absolutely. Exactly. And I think that's where a lot of people fail is they want to be the smartest person in the room. Yeah. And, and hopefully the other four in the room feel like maybe I fit somewhere in there, but I've taken small ideas that I knew I had in my mind and thrown them in there and they come out after the spin cycle, they come out a hundred times better, a hundred times. I know practically what steps I need to take now to make this happen. And these, these masterminds groups of four or five guys that you get with, I think it can work for entrepreneurship. You know, you have an idea that you have and you want to throw it out there. This team can chew on it, spit it back out. And it's now a business model. Uh, it can work for pastoring. It can work for just personal development. So what you guys just talked about is that it's just a great, great um, tool. That's where we're at right now. That's, that's exactly what I started to say. That's what we're doing right now. That's exactly what we're doing right now. And you got to take it like, you know, there's, there's multiple denominations and whatever, but these are like, you know, the room we were in was um, the 10, the 10, 10 most reproducing pastors in America, 10 of the most reproducing pastors in America. And you got to, you know, you have to contextualize it and, and, and we do, you know, uh, contextualize it to our particular brand, whatever, yeah. our tribe, but Right, but to but to hear some of the things that they're doing and, and whatever, it's challenging. Yes. You know, you you think you're a great visionary, and then yeah. you're some of these other stuff. And you're like, man, I, I call do, I, I, like, I call better. myself. We had a guy <laughs> to do better. We had a guy. We had a guy that was in there talking about that they started a deal where they started a a, a prayer thing, and it became the culture of their church or whatever. And he's, he's talking about how they prayed for everybody in Nashville. He pastors here in this area by name, every person in Nashville by name, and every person in Nashville by name and got a letter. And, and I mean, and, the, and, and I'm looking at it going, dude, I don't care. I don't care what name is over their church door. That's more apostolic wow. than I've lived sometimes. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> you know, so good. I mean, and, and just being in the room with people that think big, if you get, if you're in the room with people who think small, it, you start thinking small. So, well, I know you guys are there at a meeting. I just want to give you guys an opportunity talk to us, share with us about your podcast, what, it, what you guys are doing church, you know, there are church leaders that are going to be on this, that are going to see this. What, what kind of things can you all, you know, do you do that could, that might help them out? Yeah. So so um, a few years ago, we started the Dillingham Group, not because, and, you know, we're, we're very clear about this. We don't consider ourselves to be experts. Thank you very much. I'm sorry, you are. I already said, I told the whole world. Well, I know, right? <laughs> we're not church growth experts by any stretch. We've just been on this, this journey to be the book of Acts church that we know we can be. And, and the, the, the urgency of the mission of reaching our world through multiplication came upon uh, the, the principles of multiplication and discipleship. So we started the Dillingham group to help come alongside pastors, not as, Hey, do church this way. If you do church like us, you're going to really grow and have a big church, but to come along pa alongside pastors and say, here are the principles of discipleship multiplication. If you want to, if you want to enter into a coaching relationship or, you know, whatever, yeah, we do coaching, do cohort cohorts, mastermind groups, just like you were talking about, because that's what, what affected us. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's kind of where that started. And then out of that came this idea, my brother and I would have these, you know, like marathon conversations about these principles and concepts. And so we're like, 
Let's start doing a podcast. Yeah. Let's just do a podcast. Yeah. People want to listen. They it's a good way listen. to archive great ideas. <laughs> <laughs> or not so we, great ideas. Well, sometimes sometimes we stumble on acorn. Right. Sometimes. So you can check us out, the Mobilized Church Podcast. You can check us out at thebillinghamgroup.org. We've got uh, all the information there, yeah. uh, social media sites, all that information is there. And we, we, we just we want to connect. Our goal is not to connect with everybody. Our goal is to connect with people that are the most disciplable, the most open, that are genuinely like hungry for, I want to do this. And we're seeing a huge, massive spirit movement of God just mobilizing his church because we know we're living in the last days. So, yep. We got a phone call from a, we got a phone call from a pastor who preached two camps this year and spent 30 minutes on the phone with him on the way here. Yeah. He was reading uh, starfish movement by Dan Grider and it was just messing his world up. And we had this beautiful conversation and I'm like, Hey, let's, let's walk down this road together. And I mean, I hadn't, it wasn't a result of a, you know, like this wasn't a either an outbound or inbound marketing uh, situation. It was yeah. just simply the Lord was dealing with his heart and he's like, I want to figure out how to do this. So, you know, it's a God thing. We know that. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for your time. And again, those of you that are in the Raising the Bar group Saturday, you're going to have an opportunity to hear a little bit more and even get on the Q&A with them. So if you're not a part of Raising the Bar, join so you can, if for no other reason, yeah. you can talk to these awesome guys. Right. For real. I mean, what other reason do you need? They're experts. Sure. You need to hear from experts. If you're, if you're not on Raising the Bar, then I'm not going to say it. <laughs> no, I just, I mean, you know, here's the thing. Honestly, though, I think this would be a great opportunity, not because we're going to be on there and, and have the opportunity to ask us questions, but 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 to, to hear today the value of personal development. Yeah. Right. We've got it. We, we have to, you know, I'm going to be honest. There there is has been in the apostolic right. church this mentality of you know, expert. Who do you think? I don't. And, and I, and, but, but we go outside of that and we listen to great leaders yeah. who, who say, Hey man, share something. I want to learn from you. And I'm like, yeah. you know, so yeah. work on personal, just personal development. Yeah. Let, uh, let Jason Staten pour in you and, uh, and, and we'll humor you. He's the man. He's the man. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you guys and honored to have you. Enjoy the rest of your conference, and we'll talk to you guys on Saturday. Thanks, man. Awesome, man. Appreciate, appreciate it. Appreciate your friendship. Yes, sir. Love you all.